This episode, we are going to talk to Fours about his recent rewatch of The Phantom Menace. Um, he was texting us about some things he wanted to talk about, and I just kind of told him, you know, we should we should do this on a podcast because I'm sure a lot of people would want to hear his thoughts. So here we are for this episode of Clone Army Radio. Before we do that, say hello to Captain Rex. What's up? Thank you for having me once again. And uh, say hello to Captain... No, he's not a captain. He's not good enough to be a captain yet. He's just he's just clone trooper four 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 four. What's going on, Fives and Rex? Another uh, exciting episode coming your way. Oh yeah, and I'm Fives. Uh, yeah, so fours. You watched the Phantom Menace? Yes, I did uh, recently. Tell us about the Phantom of the Menace. Just a couple observations I've made since watching, uh, getting the info from you guys. You guys took it to another level. So I'm like, I need to be on that same level and with hey. that information that you guys brought to the table. And so um, first and foremost, the music of John Williams was out of this out of this world. Mm-hmm. That, that right score on. that he made for that movie was Welcome to Star Wars. Well, we, I mean, it was just like, it's been a while, people, and I haven't played these notes in a while, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm jamming out, and I'm taking you guys. But the, uh, that final, that, the final battle the, um, between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul, and the, I, I totally forgot about it, but that, uh, the Duel of the Fates, and, mm. and, and the chorus in the background, and it's the first time. I don't know, and maybe yeah. in Star Wars where they put the, you know, but just like the music and the fighting and the emotion and the, oh my God, Jedis and Sith fighting all over again. This is huge. And and John Williams was like, we need more in this part than just the, than the orchestra. We need some, we need some vocals of some sort. We need some like, you know, young man, whoopee, whoopee type stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So like Excalibur type music. So yeah. um, that was the gigantic thing that um, that that I noticed. Um, right. Just to interrupt really quick, he had to make the, in my opinion, at least the best theme or um, what do you call that? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the best theme score. for score. Thank you. He had, he had to come up with the best score for, in my opinion, the best duel in Star Wars. Okay, arguably. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I believe I the, the score is the entire music of the film, and the theme is the individual like parts of. Parts. Um, but I like, think score certain is characters the word looking for. Score was the entire music, everything put together, like the soundtrack. Right. Huh. Gotcha. All right, that's. I just wanted to interrupt for that. You know, throw my opinion. Yes, sir. I mean, I get the story, and then, like, I don't know, like, you were saying you watch it, like, all the time, 
Like I just watched it and I finally understood the story a little bit more. How uh, they were trying to get Queen Amidala, Amidala, am I saying it right? To get mm-hmm. her to sign that like peace, that treaty that's saying, hey, this is legit. We're not doing this. Like, but they were all just trying to, you know, get that trade federation to like uh, be legitimate, and 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 she wasn't having it. Actually, um, I noticed that the uh, the Jedi were. Guy Quan, because I mean, I don't. She wasn't really like down for signing anything. She knew like it was bad. It was a bad move because uh, it was an invasion, and they're trying to legitimize the invasion. But it just kind of shows how the um, Trade Federation was just trying to use, take advantage of what they saw as like a, a weaker leader. But she was not. She was, you know, she had a good heart, and you know, she persevered and good things, you know the will of the universe guided her in a different path. To, so she didn't have to sign that first treaty. You know, mm-hmm. the Jedi's came in right at the right time and that took mm-hmm. her away to Coruscant or Coruscant. Is it Coruscant or Coruscant? It's Coruscant. Coruscant. Coruscant right. Yeah. Okay. I understood that a little bit better. Um, so yeah, Palpatine was trying to manipulate her there and uh, it didn't work out. So that was one of the, his first like little hiccups. Um, also, I noticed at the end when uh, Kaikwan Jin is in the fire, he's getting he's getting his ashes are getting or he's getting uh, cremated, you know, mm-hmm. in uh, Jedi fashion or whatnot. Yeah, I noticed he doesn't fade away, like Yoda or Obi Wan, or right. or even uh, at this point um, Ben Solo. Like, mm. Do you think maybe they they messed up there? Like, because uh, um, he doesn't, he's, he's solid. And when, I don't know, it seems like when Jedi die all the time, they you fade know, away, but, but not all of them, yeah. I was just going to say, that's a good point, because he's the first one that, well, that we know of, um, learns how to communicate from beyond, you know, as a right. force ghost. Yet, right. he didn't disappear when he was killed or died like Yoda and Obi-Wan, Ben Solo. Um, I don't know if did, did Anakin slash Darth Vader disappear? Cause we just see the suit burning. Yeah. We don't see it, but he could think that it, it's implied that he is in the suit. Okay. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter if they disappear or not. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. I think maybe it's a little uh, snafu, if you ask me. Hmm. It's part part of the filmmakers. Could be, probably. So another thing I noticed, and I'm wondering, I'm gonna ask you guys: Does Anakin know how to fly the fighter, and he's just like pretending or saying that he doesn't know because he hits the right buttons and he, and he puts it on autopilot, or you know, I mean, it's on autopilot, but. Everything, you know, like, he's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Boom. Oh, turned it on. And, you know, done this. And, but then towards the end, he knows how to work all the, all the controls and, and how to do everything. So what's, what's your guys' thoughts? So does Anakin know how to fly the ship? I think, I think that, you know, it's almost like a congruency with something else in the sense that, like, if, let's say you... Uh, you're editing audio, right? You learn audio software in order to edit the podcast. Well, then you open up a different audio program. Um, 
you know, there's going to be some differences, but there's going to be mostly similarities. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens with him, you know, uh, being the pod racer, being someone who apparently was uh, intelligent enough to build his own pod racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he obviously knows, you know, where to look, what to look for, what's most likely going to be this or that. And, it, you know, and I, I can understand people's arguments where it's like, oh, you know, maybe he's a little too smart, you know, or whatever. But at very least, they lay the groundwork for all of it in the movie. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. come out of nowhere. He's like, we see him. He's a little slave kid. He, that's the kind of stuff he works on all the time, you know. Um, and I think, and I was watching it last night, um, I've always had a sneaking suspicion that R2 was kind of guiding the ship toward um, toward the droid. Uh, what should I call it? You know, the, what do the, they call it? The Federation uh it's not base ship. It's like but the it's power center or something. I forget something exactly like how they word it, but um, until Anakin's like comfortable enough with the controls to take over, and he's like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. take it. He's like, take it off this autopilot, or it's going to get us both killed. I've always thought that that was R two, kind of, you know, taking control, and then finally R 2s like, okay, he's kind of got it, so I'm going to let him uh, take control. Nice. So that's how I've always seen that scene. It's very nice. different from uh, it's very different from the way that I looked at it. And I mean, my thought is coming just because I'm sort of a writer, and I looked at it as kind of like maybe lazy writing, <laughs> like you're showing and telling what's going on rather than doing one or the other. And from fours, something that you actually told me when a while back was uh, show don't tell, right? When you're writing, that's big. That's a big deal. And yeah, so he's explaining. You know, I can't remember word for word off the top of my head, but you know, like he's, you know, what's this do basically? Or I'm gonna flip this switch, and he's flipping that switch. You know, like I don't know. To me, it just felt like lazy writing. But but because I like, I should say, because I love Star Wars so much, I'm gonna go with what Rex said. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I like what Rex said a lot more because I can see that happening. Like, yeah, um, no, I mean, R2, it totally makes sense. Yeah, looking out for the kid a little bit until he gets his uh, learns his all the buttons. Yeah, I like that. And that it would be easy for him to pick up on because of his familiarity with similar instruments. Mm-hmm. Very good. And and you know, thinking about that too, Rex is. Um, when he's actually in the pod race, you see him like flicking those same types of switches when he's having trouble. Similar switches. Yeah. So like yep. it totally. So maybe it wasn't lazy writing. Maybe it was brilliant, you know, because they were <laughs> leading. They were foreshadowing the next part. Like this kid knows what he's doing. Right. And I like the touch with the R2. That's that's good. Um, R2. Yeah. And uh you talking about our two fives. That was another point I wanted to make. Is they made a point to when they uh, introduced our two D two to uh, refer to him as a well built droid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's like a little callback to uh, you, when you watch these uh, making of Star Wars movies. Uh, there's always a section in um, in the documentaries where they have Kenny Baker 
uh, coming out of R2 or, or a remote control R2, like falling over and, <laughs> you know, like blowing up. Uh, but but in the first time we see R2-D2 in the new movies, uh, 1999, I believe, um, the, uh, the line of dialogue is, you know, a well-built droid. So um, I don't know if he's CGI'd or what, but um, I was just wondering if you guys. Yeah, I think he's. That. I thought he was still in R2-D2 in, in the prequels. I could be wrong. Um, but I see to me that almost is like a, it's a knock on like how in those making ofs where you see all the issues where the one where you see R2 just go flying into the side of a hut <laughs> and everyone just like <laughs> looks like, oh no. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's actually, if Kenny Baker's actually inside there for that part, I can't remember, but... <laughs> uh, he, he takes a beating throughout the original trilogy as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Props to that guy, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's definitely, you know, taking one for uh, for the team there for sure. Did you guys know not to go off the rails too much, but did you know that him and uh Anthony Daniels didn't get along at all? Like there was some bad heat between those guys? Really? Yeah. I yeah, they would never know on uh you know right like they they had awesome chemistry as as the robot counterparts but yeah um different podcast a while back was talking about that and i guess it's in um anthony daniels wrote a book and i guess he you know briefly touches on that oh hmm. that's something i have to like, yeah check out I, you would never know i mean what would they be mad about each other like screen time or I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even think it ever, I don't think it comes out at all in his book. And I believe, uh, Kenny Baker is passed on. So oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if we'll ever know. Yeah. Dead men tell no tales, I guess. Right. Um, he has. Rex, did you want to comment on the, uh, R2 intro? Um, no, I think you're onto something. I think it's like an inside joke, you know, okay. I think that it's a reference to the fact that he has been through so much and it would sort of make sense of why he's able to last long enough. Oh, yeah. Time-wise to to be functioning as you know long enough to to where he's with Luke you know, 30 years later or however. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. They're sitting there sitting at the table that this, this is a, a, a long-term type of droid. Like this guy's going to be exactly. around for a while. I got right. you. That's a right. good way to I put mean, it. He's all the way into, you know, the, the final order, the last episode of, uh, you know, the saga. He's right there with Poe. So yeah, he is a pretty well-built machine. Absolutely. And then, um, Anakin built C-3PO, so, you know, he's going to be well-built, too. So, he was mm -hmm. built by one of the, you know, Skywalkers. Right. So, good stuff there. Um, this is why I ask you guys, because I'm like, you know, why would they say this? <laughs> you know, and then you guys give me the best. You guys give me some good, you know, other opinions, because I, I get stuck in my, my, my train of thought. But, um... Awesome. I think, um... And then I think this is kind of my final point is um, the all the uh, 
the Trade Federation at, at one part of the movie. And I know, I know this is a classic movie, almost Shakespearean in a way. Like everything is going wrong for the for the good guys. You know, um, the Gungans are are losing. The, uh, the the everyone's getting blown up in the outer space. Nothing's going right. Um, Kai Kwan Jin is just got killed uh, from Darth Maul. I mean, you know, the music's pumping. Everything's going wrong. And with one, you know, little, not little, but just one random torpedo shot to the power generator of the Trade Federation ship, uh, everything's over. <laughs> the bad guys lose. And then, and then, of course, the duel between, uh, you know, uh, Obi-Wan. And I don't know if Obi-Wan's dangling down at this point or, or Guy Kwan's. I, I, I forgot, like exactly where it's at it's right around there yeah he's holding on to something that's keeping him from falling that little that little ledge thing little light randomly placed good spot for it though <laughs> there's always a ledge for a jedi to hang on right <laughs> <laughs> that, that I, know, I, might, I might be reading too much but i was just like okay so you take out the trade federation ship and this is the one that bothered me the most uh, other than um and i'll get to a, a darth maul getting killed but um you take out the ship, and then all of a sudden, all the everything connected to that ship, network-wise, is just shut down. Um, I, I don't think I saw that afterwards. Like, do you think they fix that glitch in the clones after that, or I mean, it just made it too easy to, to do it again, or did they uh, they do an upgrade? You think because they don't use that tactic anymore in the other movies? Like, when the answer is like right there, you know go for that lead ship and 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 you don't have to worry about the droids yeah you would think that that would have been like oh we solved this problem but yeah i don't know they they had to have the droids had to have well think about who's running the droids who's who's in control of them you know he's constantly thinking of ways to you know reboot and changes tactics if he needs oh, true. to yeah um so i mean yeah that's i mean that's an awesome thing to bring up because you know a casual viewer would look at that or not even a casual viewer any viewer could look at that and be like okay so why are there two more movies you know we just <laughs> yeah. we just stopped the separatists right there if, well i think part of it could be you know um at the end of the phantom menace we've got this lucky fortunate ending where r2 and anakin make their way into the droid army you know into the base and they they blow it up and i don't think that really at that point they don't have a large army a large enough army to really fight back against the droids i think that's part of the problem and i think that's why in attack of the clones that's the focus of attack of the clones is is the creation and the use of the clone army that that the the republic didn't know was getting built that they right. kind of stole from right. I think they kind of stole from Palpatine. Well, they I mean, yeah, they ended up using it, but I think that would kind of answer the question as to why, you know, they don't really I guess go into the republic and how they would defend against something like that because i don't know if they had peace for so long that they just didn't you know expect something like that to happen so they weren't prepared for it or um you know because they don't really 
they don't really fight back until until their the clone army is is being used. Yeah. So okay. I don't know if that helps answer that question. I don't know. I don't know. I think um, they um, they have these like like and I was watching the clone um, the clone cartoon the Clone Wars and there's another thing where they had these EMP like type things where they could just drop a little bomb and these droids you know stop moving and stuff and and I, they don't use that a lot and and then now like watching the phantom menace i'm like oh they're all connected to a network so you just find their their low you know the spot that that um that they originate from all their signals and uh stop them from moving but um um it's control ship is that control what ship, control ship? Called, yeah control nice. yeah so like just a couple of points real quick uh I think you could look at A New Hope and even Return of the Jedi as examples. Um, both of those, you know, you had the ships flying in to, you know, basically take one shot to wipe out the enemy. So, I mean, maybe that's all George was shooting for in that one. You know, like, I need to I need to figure out a way to end this battle yeah. to, you know, carry on the story. Um, and then uh, Fours... Um, it this just kind of popped in my head it just popped in um (laughs) what popped in ray uh battlestar galactica um the newer series kind of did the same type of thing with their cylons um they had the uh like the what did they call it like the download ship or whatever had had to be within range of the uh vessels in order for them to re-download into a new one into a new body yeah yeah, I mean it's kind of similar to that. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying, well, obviously they didn't. George didn't rip them off because that came out later on. But you know, it's it's maybe it's just that that control ship. Thank you, Rex. Um, you know, it has to be in a vicinity. So like, yeah, if they take out that control ship, the droids within that area shut down because that's what's controlling them. Okay. So there's always those those ships around, and those seem to be hard to take out. You need to be inside, which they don't go into any of those anymore. Um, those Trade Federation control ships. So there's plenty of them around. I guess there was only one for for that battle. Um, is it right to move on? Or yeah, um, yeah. Darth Maul kind of going out, kind of cheaply, you know. <laughs> Like, uh, so he's got, he's just sitting there waiting for, uh, I mean, he just took out Guy, Guy Quanjin and that's a pretty big guy to take out. And he's just sitting there like, like just staring over Obi-Wan while he's dangling and kind of, you know, like kind of boredly kind of like sh- taking stabs at the, at the floor to kind of, I don't know, do something cool, I guess, while he's waiting. Um, it's like, right. You know, Molly here is going to kill you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> do you want a rope? You know, I'm talking like it's like the Princess Bride stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you have a six fingers on your left hand? You know, like, you could throw down some rope or something more useful. <laughs> you know, and then, and then, uh, and then Obi Wan does this acrobatic move and he's got the high ground, of course. And, uh, and nice. then um, Darth Maul's just sitting there, just with his mouth wide open, just like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And I'm like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weak sauce. Um, I really thought maybe it would have been great to see some 
some more struggle. I guess they were running up against time here and, uh, and they needed to wrap it up quick. Like, you know, but uh, one of the coolest looking bad guys with the music and everything that we don't get to hear anymore because it's not around anymore. It's his music and, and, and the duel. <laughs> and then it's so good. I, yeah. I just, I, you know, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more. That was basically, that's my point. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think everybody did. Um, the only thing I could say to like counterpoint that would be, you know, something that we talked about last time with Obi-Wan tapping in, not necessarily to the dark side, but his anger. Um, maybe he was, when he was doing those acrobat acrobatics, you know, maybe he was just moving too fast for Maul to keep up at that point. You know, Maul was fighting two Jedi that, you know, were somewhat powerful. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, who knows what the real reason is. But, you know, that could be something. He was tapping into his anger. He was just moving too quick. And, and Maul was just overcome because he had already been fighting this battle for a while. Oh, so he's tired. Yeah, I think there's... Um... I think it's fair to say, well, I don't know if it's fair to say, but there is usually at least one point in every Star Wars movie where I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and that's that's that moment in The Phantom Menace for me. Mm. I have to agree. Um, I I can kind of try and justify it, but ultimately... It's not a very well executed death for a very cool and interesting character. Um, I think I would rather have seen Obi-Wan strike him down in a straight up, you know, sword fight than to have that. Like, because at least the way that it's shot, it's like Obi-Wan lands. Then we look at Maul and he's just standing there. Like if they could have edited it to where it was like uh, just a fluid motion. Even, yeah. you know, but it's like there's like this pause, like Obi-Wan lands, pause. then we yeah. show Maul, and then he slices Maul, and it's kind of like, uh, uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> it's the only part of the movie that for yeah. me is kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I feel that way about the, the end of Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. It's almost like the same exact thing. It's like Boba yeah. Fett, Boba Fett, where, you yeah. know, and then and then right. he's dead and it's like that. At that time, and even still now, but at that time, he he was like the Darth Maul there. You know, he was this awesome character that they introduced, and right. that's his end right there. It's like everybody, I would assume back then, everybody wanted more, because I know I do still. Boba Fett's cool. And and yeah, so I can agree that that's, that's kind of a, you know, it was probably more of a George going, all right, let's wrap it up. You know, let's hurry up. Let's get this part done. You know, and yeah, filmmaking. It's in the yeah. way of storytelling. Okay. Apparently, um, and then my final point, which I probably said that already, but um, <laughs> I, said already? <laughs> I think so. Well, my, my final observation, I guess I could say, is um, Yoda giving. Um, there's a debate on if we should train the boy if he's old, too old, if he's the chosen one. But Yoda says that uh, Obi Wan has the Jedi's consuls' permission wherein really only Yoda is the one that gives him permission at that point. So I know he says consul, but you know, you don't see them conferring. Are you just, I mean, are you supposed to just take Yoda's word for this or you think Yoda's just like, I'm just sick of 
you ask him, just go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, it is Yoda, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I can't imagine, you know, with, with how like, or, yeah, does Yoda go over everyone's head? So, yeah. Does he, did he go over their helmet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, he went around their nose, not up it. Nice. Awesome. I guess it could be either, really, but I can't see Mace Windu being cool with Yoda going over his helmet, you know, and going over the council and being like, yeah, just train him, whatever. I think, I feel like, you know, maybe Mace Windu had to be talked into it because we see throughout the prequels that he doesn't trust Anakin at all. Um, And and then. Um, I just wanted to point out that the younglings in part three look about Anakin's age. They look maybe maybe slightly younger. So maybe maybe he's too old to begin the training, but definitely yeah. wasn't too young to to have Jedi training. So in my opinion, I don't think that Yoda would do anything without consulting the Jedi Council. I think that Yoda was a very by the books kind of guy and i think that when he says agree uh, you know agree with you the council does or something to that effect i think it's because he had already had that conversation with the council and he was sort of going back and forth with obi-wan to sort of test his resolve on the matter you know like we don't like it um, but ultimately, I have permission from the council to grant you, you know, this authority. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, it's pretty much like off-camera conversation, I think. I, I was like, I took it as a moment of Yoda. Yoda, you could, you could, look at, you could give, make a point. I mean, so they, they kind of sit in a semicircle, but you could kind of tell that Yoda is the ultimate Jedi that they that they all kind of follow. Um, he's kind of like the leader Jedi, um, and that implies um, power uh, that he has power over other Jedi. And I think Yoda um, is exercising his power, in my opinion, because we don't see that council. We we can't we can't assume it happened. I think Yoda is saying, you know what, I am the council, and I tell him what to say. I know what to think, and I think we we should train this boy. That's what I that, that's what I that's what I took, and I, and I know you guys might have different opinions, but I think Yoda is using his his power and influence to uh, mm. to make a decision here, the one that's going to have some ramifications. Of course, I mean you could probably look at it that way, but I've always considered. Uh, Mace Windu being like in charge. If if there was a Jedi in charge of the Council, oh. I always thought it was Mace Windu. Really, Mace? I yeah. I don't see that at all. I see Mace as a solid number two, but definitely not a number one of the Council. I I just recently watched all three, and I still uh, Yoda to me seems like the top dog. So I feel like Yoda's like the the wise man. Like I, I mean, obviously he's he's got. He's got power, you know, if, if you want to look at it as who has the most power as a Jedi in the council. But I just feel like he's like the guy that they go to for wisdom and he's going to make he's going to make the right decisions for the council, for the Jedi, for the Republic. But I feel like he looks to Mace like, 
is this a good idea? You know, like I, I feel like he Mace may not be in charge, but I think he looks to him. There, I mean, like you said, they're they're definitely a one and two. I just don't know if I agree necessarily which one is one and two. I think, um, you know, I think that Yoda is extremely humble, and um, yeah, I I don't think that he would take power for himself. I don't think that's something Yoda would do as a character, but yeah. I can see why you would think that because it's not explicitly, you know, it's not shown in the movie. You know, all we have is Yoda saying the council agrees, you know, and it's just Yoda. So I can see why, how you can make that argument. And I think that's a fair argument to make. Mm-hmm. Right. Him taking control, taking making the decision, taking the, from what we see is is Yoda making the you know the decision for 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 the console. Uh, that's the only way I can I can see it really happening. Um, from my from the way I looked at it, from the way I watched it, and I was like, hey Yoda, easy, like you know you should go back and talk to your console first, and you know communicate and group group and process it. Um, because I mean, he brings balance to this. To the, he's, he's already been foretold. He's going to bring balance to the. Um, if he's the chosen one, it's going to bring balance. And then, and, and they're looking at balance. They're not looking at balance because I mean, balance means balance. Like two, two, two versus two. They, they're seeing balance as like all the Jedi are still alive and Sith are completely gone. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking at. That's not balance. That's one-sided that's one one dominant side um that part's always kind of confused me as well like like how is it balanced if there's nothing on one side right that's unbalanced yeah um balance means you know bringing doing exactly what happens all the jedi get killed to have like only like two jedi and then two two sith or at the most or one one to two sith which is the Emperor and, and Vader. And then mm-hmm. the other side is um, Obi-Wan and Luke. Um, uh, I think you can you can make the argument that maybe the Jedi were wrong, but to me, balance has always meant the elimination of the Sith and there not being anyone wielding the Force with the dark side. That's like the whole idea behind the the prophecy of Anakin, the chosen one, is that he will bring balance by destroying the Sith. And I think that, you know, with George more or less saying like, yeah, Anakin's the chosen one, and then there's you know, well, I don't want to get into anything about the Mortis episodes, but mm. just keep going in the Clone Wars because that's some good stuff too, but <laughs> Okay, good. That's good to know um, some, of, some of my questions. Yeah. And, hey, you and guys are dealing with yeah. some more knowledge that I need to still get into. That's good. And I just think that's... Um, and that's one of the things that I liked about The Rise of Skywalker because I feel like the whole, the whole There Must Be Dark and Light was kind of introduced by The Last Jedi. And um, some people liked that. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I get... I get that like maybe in real life there's always going to be evil and there's always going to be good, but Star Wars is a story about good overcoming evil and how 
being dispassionate and being, you know, trusting in your quiet mind is always going to be better um, than than giving into anger. Um, so absolutely, that's kind of totally. You know, which so Rise of Skywalker kind of brings it back around by kind of ignoring the <laughs> that the last Jedi even happened, but, <laughs> but they. You know, but but Ray brings balance by destroying the Sith. Same thing. Yeah. So okay. So balance is the opposite. I mean, I was looking at balance as you know equal equal sides, but I guess it's I guess it means eliminating the one side completely. What you're saying? Eliminating the pain and suffering caused by people using the dark side. Yeah. Mm, yeah dude that makes total sense that last thing you just said okay. because because in i mean think about real life and in, in your in your own spiritual or whatever being you're not balanced when you're angry no. you're you're off you know you're not in the middle yeah right good point like i said <laughs> once again this is why i bring up my questions to get some clarification. Am I thinking about this the right way? Maybe, maybe not. Um, let's talk it out. Awesome. And yeah, definitely keep get watching the Clone Wars because you will get a lot of answers, I think, to questions you don't even have yet. That's good. I'm, I'm glad I'm missing this base knowledge that you guys are working with, and hopefully I'll, I'll get there. Um, I'm on season one, I don't know, episode 14 or something, so I'm making my way through. Nice. To be clear, I'm on season four. So I haven't seen all of the Clone Wars. Oh, you still haven't seen them all? No, no. Okay. I kind of, you know, I have to pick my days okay. kind of thing. No, that's good you to know. know. I mean, I knew you didn't see, like, the new season that's out now. That's why I, when I sent you that text, I was like, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But I didn't yeah. know. I guess I probably should know or probably do know and forgot that you haven't seen it all. No, but... I'm, de- I'm deep into season four. Awesome. I have not seen all of it yet, so. So even you're in store for some really cool stuff still. I can only imagine. It, that Everything. actually, <laughs> that excites me that you guys haven't seen some of this stuff yet. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I look forward to talking about it. Yeah, we'll get into all that, I'm sure. Awesome. Um, I just want to say that there are days, so when it, when it comes to our top three and deciding those, I had a hard time deciding whether or not to include the Phantom Menace. And ultimately, I decided not to. But there are days when I, I watch it and I'm like, this is absolutely my favorite Star Wars movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but then there are days where I watch it and I'm like, it's good, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of go back and forth with it. But when it when I'm like in the zone with the movie, I'm like, man, this movie is so awesome. Dude, um, I cried. I was crying when uh, Guy Quan Jin was uh, got killed. Did you really? Yeah, yeah on this rewatch. Dang. Yeah, I was totally crying. I was like, I felt it, man. I felt it. Like Obi Wan lost a father and a mentor, and a mentor, and um, you know the wisdom. I mean, all in one, like one foul swoop, one foul like movement of a sword, and mm-hmm. it's, everything's in such like. You know, everything could be lost in a split second, and it's and it hurt. It hurt, man. Yeah. And you can, you can prepare. You can 
master life. You can do everything within your power to be the best that you are and you can still fail and you can yeah. still lose something that's significant in the blink of an eye. That's it's a mm. keen observation there for us. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, I felt it. I felt it. It was hard. Um, cause you know, you, you guys, Rex, you started me on that path when you were talking about, um, you know, the implications and, you know, I never thought of it that way. And same, same as Luke, you know, said Luke didn't, in, in, in New Hope, he, um, he didn't get to know um, Obi-Wan as long as, as Obi-Wan knew his master, but he still had that bond that, and, and that, you know, he wanted to know more and, you know, he wanted to, to learn from this person and, mm -hmm. and have this person Absolutely. around long, longer. But it was almost like he had that, that hole filled uh, when he met Obi-Wan. Or I think he had already known Obi-Wan, but Luke I'm talking about. Um, like when he went out to look for R2 and, you know, encountered Obi-Wan after the Sand People knocked him out. Like you could tell like Luke's whole like outlook changed, you know. I mean, he always wanted to go and, and be a part of the Academy and all that. But but yeah, like I think Obi-Wan filled that that void in him that Uncle Owen never could. Right. Sure. And Emperor. Those poor people. <laughs> Cooked. So was that Boba like, Fett that did that? Um, it, I read a book um, from a certain point of view. Mm -hmm. And it was like some, um, oh, man. Uh, strike. Uh, yeah, I have to go back to it. It's either some some bounty, hunter, bounty hunters or something like that that actually did it. It's this book that just came out, talked about that. Okay, like bounty hunters, but not Boba Fett, or but not Boba Fett. I don't think. Okay, Let's put some bounty hunters. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't the Empire. Oh, okay. Because that that line in uh, Empire when when Darth Vader's talking to Boba Fett with all the other bounty hunters, doesn't he say something like, "No, uh, what does he say? No disintegrations this time, or something like that." Oh, and it always like kind of made me wonder. If if that's what was going on there, and I got to reread that book. Yeah, he does say no disintegrations this time. I just saw that today. I thought that was pretty cool, especially after like seeing the Mandalorian and everything. Oh right. But uh, I don't think that it would be that weapon in particular because they are burning, and the people who are disintegrated by that weapon are just disintegrated. They're just gone. Yeah, they're just gone. Good point. I'm looking it up right now. Do it. Boba Fett killed Uncle Owen and Amberu. So the theory goes. Hmm. Yeah. I guess it, I guess people are saying it's Boba Fett real quick. This was a quick search, you know? Right. But there was a book that talked about it um, from a certain point of view. Um, kind of goes through it all. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. I am wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. StarWars.com. Um, while Luke was away from the farm... Stormtroopers found the Jawas who'd picked up C-3PO and R2-D2 and learned the droids had been sold to Owen and Baru. When the Stormtroopers didn't find the droids at the Lars homestead, they killed Luke's aunt and uncle and left the farm in flames. So it was just Stormtroopers. That's from StarWars.com, Databank, Owen Lars. Um, I mean, they could have changed it, you know, since then. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, that's pretty believable. Stormtroopers. Shortly after that, Galactic Troopers purchased the droids. This is from yeah, StarWars.Fandom.com. It says, yeah, they're saying, uh, seeking to retrieve the data, Imperial Stormtroopers tracked the droids to Lawrence Homestead where they integrated murder him and his wife. Yeah, so they're saying the same thing, too. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's the there's that moment with Obi-Wan and Luke with like the Jawa um, transport that's blasted apart. And he's like, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Right. And then Luke yeah, figures it out. If they figured out that, the, that that would lead them back home. And then that's when they, so it is heavily implied, directly mm-hmm. implied that it's Imperial. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is like, um, stormtroopers, and they made a point of this in the Mandalorian to show that they aren't good shooters and they aren't good. <laughs> right. So um, it's kind of it's kind of weird because they're supposed to be these uh, too precise because they're stormtroopers, but then they never hit nobody. They hit you know shoulders and they're flinging. I mean, they're shooting bolts like crazy and they hit themselves, but they don't hit anybody like uh, any of the of the A team. They hit they hit the um, you know, the randoms. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the cannon fodder guys. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Okay, so I looked up the, the plot of um, of the book I was I was listening to. And uh, they, they're saying, yeah, stormtroopers um, killed um, Baru and Lars. So, yeah, thanks for that. A little, awesome. A little bit of knowledge. There's like an Eddie Murphy quote from the movie Burn, Boomerang, uh, where they're talking about Star Trek, but it's basically the same thing. How like you can tell who's gonna die because they're not on the A team, like you said, Forrest. Mm. Like how the stormtroopers yeah. always hit the, and uh, <laughs> and he points out he's like, you, you can tell who's gonna die. And I thought about playing that clip for you guys. Do it. Yeah, Do check it. this out. Do it. Do it. Daddy, I'm a Trekkie. Look at Captain, ain't Captain Kirk the coolest white man on the planet? You know, you can always tell who's going to get killed when you watch this show. Now, look, who, look who's beaming down. You see Kirk, McCoy, Spock, and Yeoman Johnson. Now, does Yeoman Johnson know he's going to get killed? If I was going to say, hey, I'm not going. Now, I know what's going to happen. There you go. There it is. Oh, that's awesome. That's good stuff. This is where the fun begins. Oh, this is going to be easy. All right, you guys ready for it? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I love how we're all like jamming out to the music. Totally. All right. I'm going to bust out question one here. Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right. How did Darth Vader alter his deal with Lando Calrissian after freezing Han Solo in Carbonite? Uh, that would be by putting Leia and 3PO aboard his ship. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I agree. All in favor? 
say. <laughs> he had ordered Chewbacca and Princess. Oh, my oh, bad. I should, I should probably read the actual answer. I forgot uh, fours. We have multiple choices now, and I totally forgot to read those. Oh. Uh, so I'll do that for the next question. My bad. But I already know that this has to be the right answer. Yeah, he ordered Chewbacca, Princess Leia to be taken to his ship. So, yeah. Okay, so it was Chewbacca, not 3 p.m. Right. But that's it's still the right answer. Kind of. Yeah. With an oh. asterisk. <laughs> Point. All right. So we're going to call that a win because, yeah. All right. So number two, and then I'll read the question, and then I'll go through the, the uh, thingies. Multiple choice. Thank you. Possible answers? <laughs> yes. Uh, what was General Grievous's official name after the Battle of Geonosis? Wait, what? What was General Grievous's official name after the Battle of Geonosis? This is a original. Oh, yeah. I guess these aren't all just original trilogy. Yeah. Huh. Is he? Right. Was his character in the original no. trilogy? No. No. All right, so we have A, Supreme Commander of the Droid Armies, B, Supreme Commander of Separatist Combat, C, Supreme Commander of the Droid Legions, D, Supreme Commander of Separatist Troops. I feel like Supreme Commander of the Droid Legions sounds familiar. I feel like that sounds right. It feels right. It may not be right. I thought the last one felt the rightest to me. The Supreme Commander of Separatist Troops? Yeah. I feel like legions, I don't know. But it's two to one, and, and that's that's good enough for me. You sure? Oh, yeah. So we gonna go with re- uh, Supreme Commander of the Droid Legions? Sure. All right. It was a Supreme Commander of the Droid Armies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know... Yeah. Yeah, this might sound stupid now that, I'm, now that we have the answer, but I was like, Legion isn't really a word that pops up a lot in Star Wars. I like mm. the word. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's just because we like the word. Probably. All right, well, we'll chalk that as a win. I mean, a loss. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia won that round. All right, here we go. Uh What did Princess Leia tell Luke Skywalker when he saw her being ex escorted by stormtroopers in Cloud City. I mean, I already know this one, right? Yeah, Yeah, we don't even need to read the multiple choice there. Probably don't even need to open this. Could have saved it for another time. Luke, it's a trap! Don't, Luke, don't. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. (laughs) And she wrote down ha 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 with a smiley face. (laughs) 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 I'm assuming she must have known that answer too. Mrs. Fives. Mrs. Fives. I'm training her well. MRS. <laughs> All right. So we got the last one. Uh, uh, this is easy, too. Dude, this is a good week. <laughs> what, questions. <laughs> yeah. What did Yoda say to Obi-Wan Kenobi after Obi-Wan said, that boy is our last hope? No. There is another. Right? <laughs> See? Yeah. Once again, Yoda taking uh you know the lead on things i don't know <laughs> i'm seeing a pattern 
He just knew more than everybody else. Well, uh, if I go back to um, the, um, I know there's another, but <laughs> if I go back to uh, the Revenge it. of the Sith, um, there's three people that know there's another, and one of them is Obi Wan Kenobi. Now, how does he have such memory loss on a big things as mm-hmm. as Leia? He knows Luke's a lot, Luke's around, and he also and he doesn't know that Leia's. He doesn't remember Leia. Maybe he didn't know she was uh, force sensitive. They're yeah. the key from Skywalker. They knew what they were when they when they separated those kids. They knew what they were doing. I mean, that's another point. <laughs> it's like um, Organa, the guy Organa, right? Bail Organa. Bail, yeah. He he knows who Leia is and what she's doing, and then he sends her off to the Senate. You know. In 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 uh, the new hope, like he puts her right next to the emperor, and I, you're supposed to be hiding these people. You're supposed to be as far away. You're supposed to be like Luke in the desert somewhere. And I know he's like the king, you know, of Alderaan, and his wife is the queen. But like, you could have picked anybody in your whole world to be the senator of of your planet, and you send you send Leia who. Who you know? You know. I'm sure she's got the gusto, and she's got the you know. This, she can do it. She can do the job. But should she do the job next to the emperor and 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 be be you know you know? He's like, uh, is it a case of like placing somebody in plain sight? That's kind of what I was thinking. Okay. But kind of a big chance. Is she actually a senator, or wasn't she just a princess? Yeah, princess, but like um, not an ambassador. Even that was something that they said in there. But she wasn't the ambassador. She was like she asked for diplomatic immunity. Hmm. You know, that's a senator's. That's a senator's move. You know, or they don't or give princ- it to her. A princess's move as well, right? Oh, maybe senators more part of the of the um, of the government of what's going on. You know, you know, so. The king and is kind of or princess means like she's got she she's got control over her planet, but when she's like a senator, she's more in line with the with the Senate and or the Congress or whatever you know. Well, what does she say in A New Hope? What does she say? Like, because Darth Vader, you know, he gets on the ship and he confronts her. And she says something like, we're on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan, I think, or something like that. Yeah, she's from Alderaan. She's Alderaan's senator as well. Like, you know, she's their representation to the Senate, you know, that, you know, that for for her planet. She's their representative. So Hmm. that's pretty big. She's like the like Padme, you know what I mean? She's like the Padme of of Naboo. It's like the same thing. I have to watch that again. I'm trying to find it on my phone right now. Refresh my memory on that because I, you might be right. I never saw her in that context, but you might be right. Look, okay, I got it right here. A New Hope. Um, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And I'm I'm reading the the quotes. It says, um, just, okay, Darth Vader, 
uh, it's just, just kind of a long quote. Darth Vader, only you could, could be so bold. The Imperial, Imperial Senate will not sit still for this when they hear that you attacked uh, and Darth Vader goes, don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You were on a mercy mission after, you're, you weren't on any mercy mission after all. Several transmissions were beamed on the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans you sent. And then Princess uh, uh, Leia Argana says, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate mm. on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. And he goes, you're part of a rebel alliance and a traitor. Take her away. <laughs> but she is, she's part of, she's a senator. So why would you put her in, in harm's way like that? Yeah. Not a, not a smart move. You would you would take her in your planet and you would hide her. Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the rebel alliance and a traitor. Take her away. Okay. Yeah, I was I like right before you found the uh, the quotes, I had already found it on Disney Plus, but I figured I'd play it anyways. That's good stuff. So yeah, she uh, apparently she was a senator. Yeah, it's funny that I watch these movies so much and I still don't like pick up on certain things. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe as I'm getting older and I'm like, you know, seeing things from my older life, you know, living a you know my older wisdomy life or whatever. I don't even know how to describe from where, but just you go through like, you know, a good 10 years and you have some life lessons and then you rewatch something and you see it through completely different lens or life experience. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It just kind of seemed a little odd to me. If she was, if she's a Skywalker in hiding, you know, why take the chance? Why Especially be like right there with her father. Like how did how did he not sense her yeah. right there right there in that scene when he's right in front of her talking to her exactly and, and, and apparently that's not the first time they've met. See, my suspicion uh, on that the answer to that is that Leia's force sensitivity lies dormant until Luke reaches out to her from the bottom of the station at the end of. Uh, Empire. Empire. Mm. Okay. She does look kind of surprised that she like hears him calling out to her. Yeah. So yeah, I could see that. She kind of like, like turns on, like yeah, like she's kind of like Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta know her, and I, you know, I can buy that because Luke kind of same thing happens to Luke, kind of Obi Wan, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Does the same thing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. See, once again, even in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe they, uh, maybe it was a hiding in plain sight sort of thing. Maybe she was just the kind of person they couldn't. I mean, you see how she acts in the movies. You know, she's not someone who's going to be kept down. Right. You know, she's no. going to live her life, and and she's going to, she's going to play a big role in the world, and and I think mm-hmm. that. Uh, She's a doer. Yeah. And she's a Skywalker, too, so she's going to yeah. excel. Right. Yeah, she's, she's like her mom. I mean, 
Padme was like, she wasn't about to like, okay, so she's, she was the queen at like the youngest age ever, um, you know? And, and then when she was done her, with her two terms, you know, she um, was asked to be the senator and she did that. And, you know, she went, she goes on her missions and she does, you know, diplomatics, you know. Padme was just as much as the same as Leia. What did she call it in um, Attack of the Clones when she's she's got the blaster? Like something her and Anakin had talked about. It's uh, something about, oh, God, what did she say now? It totally like reminds me of like something Leia would have said where... You know, it's like it's not a peaceful negotiation. She says uh, it's like aggressive negotiations. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a callback because Mm -hmm. because Anakin talks about that, like aggressive negotiations. I think when they were talking about that bounty hunter that they tracked down and and they were like roughing him up a little bit. That one that uh, tried to take, you know, with the worms, tried to take take out. um, Oh, yeah, that was uh, Zam Weasel. Sam Weasel, Sam, yeah. Sam Wessel, I think it's pronounced. Is that what he was talking about, the, the, that encounter? No, I don't think so. I think oh. he was talking about a different situation he and Obi-Wan were in. Oh, uh, okay. Where he was like, you know, then we used our lightsabers or something. Okay. Okay, so it was a different, it was a different one. Gotcha. He uses that phrase when he's talking with Padme earlier in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering what encounter he was. I, I I must have missed the encounter that they were talking about. I thought it was the one about the the Wessel guy, but it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> rubbing rubbing the last of my brain cells together here, fellas. <laughs> but yeah, they were. He was talking about him and Obi Wan on like a different. A different mission. Yeah, I think it's when they're alone together. I can picture the scene, but I can't necessarily. The way I took it is like it's an inside joke between them two at the at the, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the aggressive negotiations. Yep, that's good stuff. Aggressive negotiations, thank you. Aggressive negotiations, what's that? Uh, well, negotiations with a lightsaber. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. You call this a diplomatic solution? No, I call it aggressive negotiations. You're so flirty <laughs> with them. After rewatching um, The Attack of the Clones, I, I totally saw her chasing Anakin. And setting setting the table for them to be alone and playing a little hard to get, um, and uh, and you know ultimately, you know, seducing him, um, which I used to watch it the other way around when I was younger. In other words, the first time I watched it is he was he was like, but no, he he was at her, you know, he just played it cool. He's like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like let. Whatever happened, happened. She was the aggressor, is what I'm saying. He had his moments, though, where he was like super creeper dude, though. (laughs) Like that, I forget what she says to him, like, you're making me uncomfortable or something. And he makes this like super creepy grin afterwards. Like, (laughs) so I mean, I think I, I see what you're saying, but I think it was definitely like both of them, you know, playing the role of seducing. He yeah. was just, he was creepy about it and she was all like cute and sincere about it. 
right? There was definitely some, you know, some romantic moments, uh, some, you know, when they're run and when they're twirling on the, um, when they're like, it's just some mm-hmm. movie, movie twirling. And then they're like, like sound you know, of music. <laughs> exactly. Some sound of music, Princess Bride, like, yeah. you know, moments where they're rolling around on the grass and they're laughing and have a good time and sunny out. Totally Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to see some influences there. Good old Rob Reiner. I did watch the uh, Revenge of the Sith recently as well. I just watched them in like two, three days, you know, one each day. Okay. So they were all fresh in my brain and I'm trying to connect all the dots. And um, I just want to say that the Revenge of the Sith is our last movie that we got from um, um, George Lucas. And I think it's probably um, it's probably the best out of the, the, the trilogies. It's probably the best last movie of a trilogy. Um, I think it does a great job of um, taking the, you know, adding all the pieces up to from from its first three movies, plus set the table for the next three set of movies. Um, whereas The Return of the Jedi only is concerned with, you know, its three movies. And The Rise of the Skywalker, because that disconnect with its second movie doesn't, doesn't have a fluid, um, fluid motion from first movie to third movie. So I think I have to grant the title of the best third movie of a trilogy has to go to Revenge of the Sith, um, hands down, cool. after watching it recently. Yeah, I can't <laughs> argue with that. It's a great movie. I'm absolutely great movie. It's creeping up there as one of my favorites. Um, but, you know, obviously there's other ones that are near and dear to my heart. I think after I watch it, I'm going to watch it again and maybe watch it again. And then because it, it, I'm craving it more, which is a good thing. Um, after watching it, I want to watch it again. Like that is a good sign. Nice. Of a, That's of a awesome. Yeah. And after I do that, I think I'll have some thoughts, some more thoughts. But as far as my only thought it now is we get to learn, we learn so much about the dark side and, and how you become dark and how someone manipulates you to become dark and how uh, Palpatine uses his um, manipulation to, to get his apprentices because um, this is the third one that he gets in three movies. Um and we get to see Palpatine. I mean, this is the most screen time he has in any movie, it seems like. And we get to see him work his work his mojo on people and spin everything. And you know, by the end of this time I watched it, I was like totally pro um, Anakin. I was not. I was. I totally saw things from Anakin's side. I didn't see. I, I thought. I thought the Jedi were, were 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 trying to take over. I mean, you know, they were guardians of peace, but then here they are leading armies as generals, like, how is that peacemakers? I mean, you're like war makers, you're war continuers. Um, and I, and I saw them as, you know, I mean, I was totally, I was, you know, I totally saw it, um, from Anakin's point of view. I think I kind of wanted to, um, so, you know, I, I think, I think they do a great job of that in that movie. Um, and I want to see more. I want to watch it again. And, I want to see what happened, you know, how I think of how I watch at that time. So. Very cool. Very yeah. interesting. 
I mean, he, um, Palpatine like starts to, you know, right right from the uh, get go, and uh, Dooku when Dooku you know ends gets his um, his head cut off. You know, Palpatine takes a big chance by turning to the dark side when he says that classic line to Anakin, "Do it," you know. In that voice, in the voice, <laughs> he's not cloaked as Darth Sidious. He's not, you know, he's he's alone in there. He's, you know, there's no one else that could overhear it. But, you know, he's there. Um, he's gonna be like, you know what? I think now's my chance. He's got my other apprentice, uh, which is the older one, and he even makes note of it. Uh, there's a little age discrimination there. That you know, a, a younger apprentice, you know. Um, so one far younger and more powerful exactly yeah he makes that point and uh so he takes a big chance but then that's the beginning of it all it's the beginning of the the rise of of darth vader it's like how he comes up with that name out of nowhere i don't i don't know but <laughs> right like did he have that planned or did he just because i mean he even you know hesitates after he says darth it's like we'll call yeah. you darth vader <laughs> yeah and then was uh was count dooku ever a darth anything i mean tyrannus oh is darth tyrannus for real yeah lord okay, tyrannus cool. okay cool which i think is a pretty cool name and yeah i love count dooku Christopher Lee played that character so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was kind of confused how um, in Attack of the Clones, there's like a new bad guy. Like, what What happened? Like, how, where'd this guy come from? You know? But Hate for the Phantom Menace happened. Hate for the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Uh, George has on record said that he had plans for characters that, you know, that Duco was kind of the product of... Um, trying to kind of course correct from all the things that people didn't like about the Phantom Menace. I gotcha. Are you talking I, about uh, like Jar Jar's? Predominantly Jar Jar. Yeah, I think. So. Do you think, do you think um, it's interesting that um, Jar Jar is the one that gives, ultimately gives um, the um, Palpatine his like extra powers in this trying times? I have always subscribed to the Darth Jar Jar theory. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think that. Uh, well, let me put it this way: I didn't like put all my eggs in that basket, but I remember watching the Phantom Menace when it first came out, and just kind of thinking that there was something off about Jar Jar, and and people mention it a couple times throughout the movie. Like, they, there's something weird about this character, right? And he's just so over the top and so stupid. But then if you catch it, like, uh, like if you watch the videos or some people, you know, you can see him kind of like mouthing what other people are saying in a couple of spots in the movie. Hmm. Whoa. And he's like watching, he's curiously watching all these important circumstances play out. He's... Uh, accidentally playing roles in all of these critical things he's the one handing power to chancellor palpatine like he said at the end like mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it's very possible that that the villain in the second movie was gonna be jar jar or wow. something to that effect i mean you know the the switch was gonna be flipped and you know it's like 
Misa gone do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I think that action of getting the extra powers, I think it's a great, I think it's George Lucas here. I think this is the environment that he lived in, you know, in the Vietnam War and, you know, age of kind of, you know, um, this is how democracies kind of change into dictatorships that change into empires. You know what I mean? You got to watch out for critical times in a nation's um, kind of um, in the, in the, in, for defense, you know, enacting more um, powers on, onto one person because um, the theme of the, the last movie, The Revenge of the Sith, what happens when the Emperor Palpatine gets his final his 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 final piece in place? What does he scream out? He screams out, "Unlimited power!" Which is for any human what they crave. You know what I mean. One of the key craves is you know food and power and physical. You know, you know physical stuff. So power. You know, we have to watch out for when leaders bestow themselves, you know, and for the sake of security. But so, you know, and, and George Lucas gives us a blueprint of what could happen here if you give somebody too much power. Um, and how it could happen. And how it could happen. So I think these mm. movies are very important for 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 people to, to watch. And it's, you know, those underlying themes let me ask you guys this real quick. No. Is, does canon mean it, it's a it's <laughs> canon means it's in the movie, it's in line with the movies, and legends means it's not? Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. Legends, Just, legends. Canon means it's official. Right. Okay. Legends is just the old expanded universe, like the books that we used to read. Okay. Okay. Expanded universe. It's, yeah. Okay. Are there any books that are expanded that are canon? Just the new ones. Um, there are some. I believe that Count Dooku book that I told you about. I mm -hmm. think that just recently released. So I think that that's canon. Um, the there's a what Master and Apprentice is Obi Wan and Qui Gon. That uh -huh. I believe is canon. Uh, something called Aftermath, which. I've heard mixed things about. And then there's like the new Thrawn trilogy, I believe is canon, which I personally couldn't get into. I, I just wasn't into the story. It was boring for me. Yeah. And, uh, Oh yeah, I, I didn't mean to stop your mojo. I mean, I honestly, I don't have any experience with the expanded universe, but I still find it frustrating that they would throw out all of those stories and then basically remake them but worse because <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. didn't understand them maybe yeah i mean why right i mean in some defense there are some some expanded universe stories that are terrible uh sure. but a lot of them a lot of them are really good and a lot of people like the thrawn trilogy the old thrawn trilogy people were in oh. love with you know people were okay with that being what happened after return of the jedi um and then there was the what the new jedi order there was um god i don't know 
there there's so many good ones out there and i've probably read almost all of them and i blame uh i blame fours for that because he got me into it i did yeah the thrawn trilogy you were like dude read these i think you gave me your copies of the books do they have covers on it or no covers no they have covers uh i don't think so oh Uh, wait maybe the first one at heir to the empire that was heir to the empire was the first thrawn trilogy book but so. the, the second one, The Last Command, and then the third one, I, I forgot what the third one's called. Or is it, wait, um, maybe The Last Command was the third one. There's like, yeah. I was wondering what happened to those books. <laughs> nice. So the second one is Dark Force Rising. Dark Force Rising, yes. And it's Last Command. And then The Last Command. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. I was just like, I have them right behind me. I may as well just go look. <laughs> but I thought you gave me those. I could be wrong. Maybe you just told me to read them and I went and bought them. But I don't recall buying them. Okay. Yeah, so long. But those like those books, The Heir to the Empire, it was instrumental. The Timothy Zahn books. Mm-hmm. In, in Star Wars, getting back into the movies. Because mm-hmm. I saw the, the, the demand for that book, um, the popularity of that book was important was an important part because i mean there was nothing there's there was comic books but they weren't like books you know what i mean they weren't novels there weren't like full stories that you can yeah they um, weren't like saga worthy stories yeah um but that one yeah you're right that was pretty much what brought uh like the action figures coming out again right uh, shadows of the empire for um Remember that game that came with the um, the, the, the Nintendo sixty four? Yeah, I remember playing that. I Epic. love I love the Shadows of the Empire story. I don't care what other people say. It was cool. The action figures were cool. The story was good. I I started reading it, but I never finished it. Really? Yeah, and I never finished that video game either. I could never. It was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Clone Army. Thanks for listening today. Uh, I think we talked about some really interesting things about the the prequels and overall just Star Wars Um, fours. You definitely brought some some cool stuff to the table and hopefully Rex and I helped you understand a few things and, you know, absolutely. Thanks for clearing my my thoughts. It's great. Um, All right. So we're going to we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Rex fours. Thanks again. Um, it was a good time. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Yeah, May the force next... be with you. May the force be with you as well. All right, Clone Army. We'll catch you next time. Peace. listening to another episode of clone army radio email us with thoughts or questions at clonearmyradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com please remember to click subscribe so you don't miss the newest episodes do it admiral get